Blog Talk Radio. buddy, uh, the Honorable Jeff, who I haven't seen in a couple of weeks now. How's it going, Jeff? It's not going too bad. Good. Did you get God smacked around last weekend? Oh, yeah. Yep. Cool. Yeah, it was a long, 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 tiring week. <laughs> but it was ridiculously amount of great fun. Good. That's awesome. It's so, just one of one of those weeks where you just stay up way too long, don't sleep enough, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Were you now 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 so you you were not sleeping because you were staying up too long, is that what you're saying? That's the story I'm gonna say, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I want to ask I want to ask somebody about that. Yeah, that would probably be wise. <laughs> Let her tell you. So this week, guys, we're going to be talking about uh, Intimidation Games and uh, Elimination and uh, Battle Riot 2 from Major League Wrestling. We're going to be talking about the Crockett Cup from Saturday night. I'm assuming, I'm assuming that you didn't watch all of it, Jeff. I honestly didn't watch any of it. <laughs> uh, I, and I didn't. I, I just I was so busy on Saturday and yesterday, and then today was getting everything rounded up so I can go back to work tomorrow. So I'll probably end up watching it this week. But I I've seen the results. I've seen some highlights. So Okay. I thought I thought maybe you just totally forgotten about it. So Oh no, I remembered. I got like forty seven notifications. But we're gonna start with uh, with uh all elite wrestling, um as we as we seem to often do. Um but this week I wanna I want to do a little bit of a mental exercise with the two of us. Um and it's gonna lead somewhere, I you know, I promise you. So I was gonna go down the card the way that it's listed on on um, on uh, Wikipedia, Jeff. Okay, and I and I want you to tell me on a scale of one to ten, with one being the lowest and ten being the highest, what your excitement level is for each match at on this date of time. Not not what you think your excitement level is going to be on uh, on May twenty fifth. Not what your excitement level was on January fourth. I think it was when they announced it, or January eighth or whatever it was. Um, but your excitement level, like right now, as we're about three weeks away now from um, Double or Nothing. Fair enough? Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, a couple of thoughts on it, and I know that we're going to get to it um, eventually in the matches, but um, I'm let down by the mystery opponent, and I'm let down by the um, the fact that MJF is where he is on this card. Okay. <laughs> 
that makes sense. All right. So, uh, all right. So, so just I'm just going like I said in order that that's listed on Wikipedia, which is probably not going to be the actual order of this show. But so number one, um, Adam Hangman Page against Pac. One to ten. How 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 are you on that one? I'd say an eight. I, I, it's one I've been looking forward to since I mentioned it, and I haven't gotten off of looking forward to it yet. I'm also at an eight on that one. I, I think I could be at a ten if they'd done more to hype it, but I mean, really, all that we've seen is Adam Page on um, being the elite, you know, trying to quote unquote get in shape. Um, and I don't think we've seen anything from Pac since uh, since the press conference, unless I missed something. I think the reason why I'm as excited about it is because we know what we're getting with both of them. You know, we know what kind of athletes and performers they are, and I've watched Pac now probably three different times on um, Defiant, and he is at the top of his game right now. So I, I, think, I think the reason why my excitement level is so high is just because of the names and quality involved. Totally agree. I mean, they've not, they've not really done anything to sell us on this because I think they just know they don't have to, you know. Um, all right, so so we're both at an eight on that one. So that's makes a lot of sense to me. Um, number two, SoCal Uncensored, so SCU, taking on uh, three guys from OWE. So it's going to be Chima and then two guys to be announced. I I'm like a five and a half, maybe a six on this. I love SoCal Uncensored, and I've heard so much of Chima over the last you know, thirty years that I just, I really want to see this guy. And it's kind of like um, the first time you see Great Muda or Jushin Liger. It's like, it's something to just witness a legend like that. Okay. Well, I don't love SU as much as you do. And so, and I have no idea who, who Chima's opponent, or, you know, partners are going to be. And I haven't, I wasn't really thrilled with anybody I saw in OEW the one time I watched it. So I'm probably at like a three on this one. And that makes sense. I, I mean, the fact that it's Chima and I put a little more value on the fact that it's this is a wrestling legend that I've never seen before. And then also, um, I'm such a huge fan of SCU, and I, I kind of like where their characters are going on being the elite. So I I'm a, might be a little more hyped for that one than I really should be. It is kind of a throwaway match. It's just basically introducing OWE to... Um, is it OWE or OEW? I don't remember, but it's just kind of introducing them and Chima to American audiences. Yeah, I think it's Oriental Wrestling Entertainment, so I think it's I think it's OWE. Okay, I could, that's I could, I could be wrong, but that's what I, it is. I keep going back between OEW and OWE. Okay. So. Yeah, I mean, who, who really cares at this point, right? <laughs> Until I start seeing names that I recognize or quality of matches that I can get behind I don't either I don't care either so you know looking at, at the uh, at this card you know who I don't even see on here at all is Sammy Guevara which is interesting because I thought he announced at the press conference he was going to be there yeah and I noticed that too um, that was the one name that really stuck out at me when I've been going over the card checking it here and there is that he is not anywhere on it I don't know if maybe he's just going to be a battle royal guy or if they just don't have a match for him yet, maybe they're waiting on a couple of things to get a match announced for him. I, I don't know. It's just, but it's weird to be pushing him the way that they're pushing him, and not. I mean, as far as they can. I, I guess it's on being the elite and and 
the um, a road to double or nothing, they push him quite a bit. So it's kind of weird to not see his name listed on there having a match. Maybe they just don't have his opponent yet, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it could be. And maybe he's just going to be facing one of his top challengers from AAA or something. Yeah. Which I'd be okay for. I, I'm still watching his uh, his channel and getting caught up on that. And I've been watching, you know, from three years ago, watching him put on just amazing matches with uh, with people that uh, I never would have thought I'd see him in the ring with. So it's it's fun. I I really like this kid. Yeah, I do too. I'm just I'm just uh, but I'm not gonna go back and watch all this stuff like you, like you have been. I just don't have the time for that. So, um, yeah, my time's becoming kind of a premium lately too. So I don't know how much more I'll be able to do that. But, <laughs> um, okay, so so the third match listed, which I'm pretty sure is actually the main event, is uh, Kenny Omega taking on Chris Jericho. So again, one to ten, where are you at on that one? I guess it depends. I, I'm kind of an eight to nine ish. Um, the only reason it's not a solid ten is simply for the fact. I don't want another hardcore match. I don't want this to be another Jericho hardcore match. If it's you know, Jericho Omega and they do something different than they did at Wrestle Kingdom last year, two years ago, was it last? Yeah, it was last year. Um, I'm all in. But if they're going to come out and have the same match that they had at Wrestle Kingdom, I don't know that I want to watch it. Right. And it's currently being booked as a, uh, as a straight-up wrestling match. In fact, that was you know, one thing Kenny Omega said on road to double or nothing is that, you know, if it was a hardcore match, Jericho might have a chance against him, but if it's a wrestling match, he doesn't think he, he doesn't think he can beat him. So, you know, I, I, so I'm pretty sure this is going to stay a straight wrestling match, which, which turns, which I agree with that, you know, it's something that we haven't seen yet. And we haven't seen from Jericho in really quite a while. I mean, we saw him take on evil, but that, you know, that kind of had some hardcore elements to it as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, both just, matches against Naito were like that too. So, right. So seeing Jericho in a straight, one-on-one wrestling match against Omega. I'm, I'm, I'm probably at a nine-four as well. No, you know what? I'm at, I'm at a ten for that one. I'm at a ten because, and probably I'm at a ten because I think, because I, because of what I expect to happen during it. If, you know, I, because I, 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 I think, I think I personally expect CM Punk's going to show up there and interfere in that match. Well, I don't, I don't think that. I'm just looking strictly at the match. I don't. I think everybody's too high on CM Punk, and even the owners are coming out. It's a little too, a little too shady for him to come out at this event. But regardless whether it happens or not, if this is a straight up wrestling match, I'm at a ten for it. Cool. All right. So then, fourth on the list is Dr. Britt Baker versus Nyla, Nyla Rose versus Kylie Ray. <sighs> The only person I really want to see in this match is uh, is uh, Kyla Rose, or um, yeah, I think that's her name. Uh, the other two I've seen Britt Baker before, not impressed. I haven't seen the other one, but I've seen clips, and I just I'm not overly excited for this. Maybe because I don't know enough about any of them, uh, and what I've seen, I haven't been impressed with. So I'm gonna say a two wish. I'm right there with you because I, because I'm not impressed with Brett, with Britt Baker. I think she's getting pushed, put into a spot that she's not ready for. I've never seen her. I mean, she was, she was decent in that four way match it all in, but I mean, really it was the other girls in there that were really carrying it, not her. And she had, she had plenty of botches in there. She's had plenty of botches when we've seen her in ring of honor. I just think that she's not, that she does not deserve the spot that she has right now. 
Not she doesn't well, deserve a spot in, in All Elite, but she doesn't deserve to be kind of like the premier women's wrestler in All Elite right now. Now, if you put Allie in there, um, even with Britt Baker, if you put Allie in there and Kyla, um, then I, you know, I'm all in. I, I just no, think no, 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 no. You're you're double or nothing. All in. With the <laughs> Then I'm, my my interest level would go up. Let's put it that way. If that's if they had Allie in there um, as opposed to one of the other girls, um, but as it stands right now, it, it's a two in my book. And that's right where it belongs. So you were wrong, as I as I told you, you would be about the mystery opponent for for Cody. Yeah, and that's part of the reason it's disappointing to me. And now it's Why? Cody, and so number match number five is Cody versus Dustin. So go, yeah, go ahead, go ahead and, and freestyle on that. Go ahead. I, well, I mean that is fine. I I I love the fact that Dustin is finally getting a, um, a marquee spot for a change, and not just being a comedy act, which pretty much that's all his Gold Dust character was. It was is it was a shock value comedy act that he got over, much like. Uh, Cody did with Stardust. Their talent was just too much, and I haven't seen, I haven't seen Dustin get actually pushed at a decent level or the level of his talent since his NWA days uh, back when NWA first turned to WCW in like ninety one, ninety two, ninety three. So for me, it's it's fun to see him get a marquee spot like this, and hopefully um, they can give us what we expect them to give us. Okay, so did you give me a number for that one? No, I didn't, but my number for this is eight. You're at an eight, okay. Yeah, I'm at, I'm at, an, eight. I'm at an eight solely because I, I'm a, worried a little bit about how Dustin can compete. I mean, the last time he was in a marquee spot was 20-plus years ago, almost 30 years ago now. Okay, so when, we, when I first started asking you for these uh, ratings, I, I said um, ignore how you think you're going to be feeling on May 25th. With it, with this one to me, it's, it's very hard for me to do that because there's just no story there yet. I mean, I mean, Dustin came out and he and he told you know he told you know how his feelings were with Cody and how Cody had treated him over the years and how Cody had never appreciated Dustin and Dustin felt unappreciated by Cody, all that stuff. But they're telling us all this stuff. We have never actually seen it, in my opinion. We didn't see it in WWE. Um, obviously we didn't see it in any other organization because that's the only one Cody wrestled in with Dustin. And so, and I did not watch, I have not seen the latest double or nothing yet. It came out over the weekend. I had a, I had a busy weekend. I didn't have time today to watch it. Even though it was only like four or five minutes, I still just didn't have the time to, to, to watch it. So I don't know how Cody's response was to it. Um, I'm probably at a five right now, simply because I, I would rather have had this match happen at a later time where they had more time to actually build and show us this story rather than telling us this story, um, rather than having the guys come out there and explain what's been happening. I'd like to be, I would actually see it in a program format. But that being said, I'm perfectly willing to be, um, to be convinced in the next few weeks of the road to double or nothing that, you know, this is, this is a match that should be happening now rather than say three or four months from now when we have some actual, uh, on-screen story behind it, and I think that's the that's the thing is that this was more than likely their plan from day one was to have Cody versus Dustin 
But the fact that he was still in the contract, still under his waiting period, all that crap, he couldn't um, – they couldn't announce it. But it's just – for a mystery opponent, there needs to be a little more excitement. And why was there so much surprise when um, he announced – or with um, Brandy? So much surprise and, and worry about him wrestling Dustin. They've been wrestling to each other since they were probably – Five years old. That's how they learned was probably against each other. So it, it just, I don't know. It, to me, it, it feels like it's not hitting the note they wanted it to. Right. Now you have the time, time to turn it around. That's why I'm surprised that you're at an eight on it. I mean, yeah, I love Dustin too. It's just, for me, it's an eight because it's, it's a matchup I've always wanted to see. Um, every time they were on screen together with in WWE, I, w- I was hoping that we'd get to see these two together. Um, I like the fact that neither one of them are with their stupid gimmicks that they were with so they can be themselves. And I, I think Dustin has been a very underrated talent his entire career. Very yeah. underrated. I agree with that. I mean, I mean, who knows what would have happened in... Well, I mean, we we know since they fired Steve Austin, too, but, you know, what would have happened if Dustin Rhodes had stayed in WCW and not, not ended up getting fired after that uh, um, King of the Road match at Uncensored, what, 93, 90, 95, I suppose it was, right? Uncensored 95? Um, I think, yeah, I believe so. But, I mean, from the sounds of it, there was nothing that could be done. He had to be fired over that. I don't. I don't remember what actually had happened, but they were when I was listening to eighty three weeks. I all during the Dusty special. All I, all I remember is um, Eric basically apologizing to Dusty for having to fire his kid, and they they spent a good hour on just that, the fact that uh, Dustin had gotten fired and moved on. Yeah, I mean, I mean, because really, I mean, what, if you, if you like look at that. Um, what had had gone on between Dustin Rhodes and uh, and Steve Austin, their characters, it, w- it was a lot like what we saw between The Rock and Triple H in WWF over the years. You know, I mean, the, they wrestled each other for the uh, they wrestled each other when uh, Dustin was opposing the Dangerous Alliance. They wrestled each other uh, for the TV title. They wrestled each other for the U.S. title. They wrestled each other for the tag titles. I mean, I mean, there was only really one, only one more step to go, and it, and it, and it kind of felt like they were going to that was going to happen until. You know, um, things changed and Hogan got signed and Savage got signed and fucking Duggins got signed and all that shit, you know? I mean, it, they, they really they really looked like they were going to be like star-crossed uh, career opponents with each other. Right, yeah. And you you played it, uh, said it nicely, too, with it being Rock and Austin or The Rock and Triple H. It was just those kind of guys that they battled each other on every level. Became superstars because of it, so. Right, Exactly. Um, so, yeah, so Dustin, I mean, I've always been a big fan of Dustin, even, even in the Goldust persona. Um, it, but it just, it, it feels to me like, um, and maybe it's not fair to the match itself. It just feels to me like this is too, happening too soon. I mean, I mean, in one way, yeah, like, I, in one way it's, it's too late, you know, as it's been such a long time we've been waiting for it. But the other, other hand, it seems like it's too soon for the current situation. Yeah, and, and it's all because of there's no, not being a story behind it. We're not seeing what I, what I would have rather seen happen. And this is just more fantasy booking on my part. But I would have rather seen MJF be the uh, mystery opponent like they had, like they were leading up to. Um, it seemed like on on all of their, you know, both double or nothing and um, being the elite. But then have Dustin make a surprise you know, that'd be a shock. He come in and, and turn on Cody 
and then that sets them up for the next the next uh, show they have. Yeah, you know, it, it seemed that way to exactly one person, Jeff. You. Well, that would have been that would have been a much better tale of Dustin and Cody instead of them just sitting on the being the elite talking about how he was disrespected. I would have rather seen him actually come in and turn on Cody and make it be um, a, that he was disrespected, and that's why he did what he did. He wanted to ruin Cody's big moment or whatever. You know, I would, I would, given given Brandy's reactions and who we know is signed to, to um, AEW to this point, I would have much rather it be Jimmy Havoc in this spot than Dustin Rhodes. You know, it would make a lot more sense as to why Brandy was uh, was kind worried. of worried. Yeah, why she why she was worried for his safety. Right. I why would you be worried for your safety when it's his brother? Who's going to take care of him more than his brother? Well, I, I mean, I suppose it's probably like the emotional toll that it would take on him and stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's it's weird. It, it really is a weird uh, story that they've been, they've been telling. Um, so I mean, I wasn't excited it was Dustin. Um, I did I did enjoy his, uh, I guess his promo is the best way to say it on that video. Um, but I, I but I still need to, I still need more convincing that it's actually a good idea and it's going to be a good um, story to tell. I guess. I think it'll be a good match. I just, I, like I said, I'm worried about, I don't like the way it, it came about, I guess. It's not that I'm worried that it's going to suck. It's just that I'm worried that it, or I, I don't like the way they got to it, how they got to it, and where it's going from here doesn't seem to really fit much. So. Yeah, I'm not worried it's going to suck either. I'm just worried it's not going to be as good as it could have been. That, that's, the, that's my yeah, opinion. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. I just I think it could have been with a with a nice story behind it or some actual heat behind Dustin. I think it could be a phenomenal match. Yeah, there's number one. Um, but if it's uh, if it's just them going out and performing, it's not going to be as good as it should be. Should or could be. Right. Is your, is your kid okay back there? Yeah, Kelly's tickling him. Oh, okay. Um, you mean Susan, right? Yeah, that's right, that's Susan. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So match number six is the uh, over the budget battle royal: Sunny Kiss versus Kip Sabian versus Brandon Cutler versus Ace Romero versus Glacier versus Brian Pillman Jr. versus Sunny Days versus MJF versus Joey Janela versus Vince Trent Beretta versus Chuck Taylor versus whoever else they they put in there. And there's at least three people in there that should have their own standalone matches, just in the names that you mentioned. I would have. I would have uh, much Ace, rather. Ace Romero, Joey, uh, Ace Romero, Joey Janela, and JF. I was thinking Pillman. I knew you were. <laughs> but, um, but, but, know, he's Pillman, happy, but he's already said he's happy to be the spot that he is on this card because he knows he's oh, yeah. ready for a a one-on-one match at an event at this type because he's only been wrestling about a year and a half or so at this point. What, what I would have liked to have seen rather than those three in that over-the-budget battle royal is to have them have a triple threat match. You've got a current storyline that they can um, play off of with uh, Heart Foundation versus Dynasty and MLW and a past storyline with Janela and MJF and MLW. You know, oh, you're, so still, fa- you're, you're still on Pillman. <laughs> it should be Romero. No, I don't. I'm not a fan of Romero at all. Not at all. You're, you're out of your mind. I don't like him at all. He annoys me. But okay, so think so. Think about this. Like you're talking about a triple threat. Now think about Ace Romero taking on MJF, taking on Joey Janela. Yeah. 
not only are MJF and Janelle going to bump like crazy for Romero, but then these two guys that hate each other are going to have to try to find a way to work together to get rid of Romero. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather see uh, Pillman and Janela team up to take a, um, you know take apart MJF. And MJF. Pillman is not ready for a match in that spotlight yet. I'm not saying that had, that's a, an opening match. That's not not a. I'm not saying this should be a main event. I know, but, even, Pillman, but Pillman himself has said he's not ready for it yet. No, that's fine. I'm just saying what I would rather see. He, he, that's fine that, he's, he, that he says he's not ready and, and you say he's not ready. That's fine. This is just what I would rather see. I'm not a fan of Ace Romero. I don't like – the only time I've liked Ace Romero is when Contra Unit beat him up. That was the only time. You're weird. So I don't – you know, I have no – having Ace Romero in there, no, I'd rather have Pillman. Whether Pillman's too green or not, I mean, him being green in a triple threat match with two guys of that caliber could definitely hide his being green and uh, you know elevate his star a little bit more too. You know what I'm, you know what I'm starting to, to notice about you, Jeff? What's that? You don't like people that are, big, that are bigger and fatter than you are. No, that's not true. You, you want to be the biggest, fattest one around, and if somebody's bigger or fatter than you, you just can't stand it. No, that's not true. I, I love Keith Lee. I think Keith Lee is amazing. Um. You know, and then there's there's other people like I, I can't remember what it, what the fuck. Uh, so I think he, I, I think, he, I think he mispronounced Shane Taylor. And then Shane Taylor was the other word I was trying to spit out <laughs> as, as somebody else that I really like. Um, but I just I I can't buy into Keith Lee or um, the Colossus Caramel Colossus or whatever he's going by. I can't, yeah, I can't buy into Keith Lee either. I totally agree with you. Or not Keith Lee. Um, I can't buy into uh, Ace Romero or or um, Barrington Hughes. Just or two Wal- guys that I just. Or Walter. I. Paul <laughs> um, Abba is another guy that I really like too. Probably back in the day you were like, oh, that Yokozuna, he sucks. No, Paul Abba I really like a lot. I think he's. I think he's. Um, he could possibly be a, a world champion someday soon. I really don't think you're giving Ace Romero enough credit. He's got a lot of charisma. I think he's I, got. I think he moved well for his size. I think he's got a great look to him. Oh, I agree. I agree with all that. I, I do. It's just it, he's not clicking for me. Oh, he will he's eventually. Not, and I, I'm hoping he does because I don't. I want everybody that makes it on TV to click for me. You know, it's just that's this is what they do. I want to I want to appreciate what they do for their craft. I don't want to hate anybody. It's just his character is not clicking with me yet. I think if he were to turn us our Vadering people, I think he'd probably be really into him. That's a possibility. It's a high possibility because I think he's got that kind of Vader-esque athleticism and charisma. And that yeah. was one of the first things I said about him when I saw him. This guy reminds me a lot of Vader. But then he's too much of a baby face for me to really invest in him. But you know what? You have to be really over as a baby face for a, a heel turn to, to ever really matter. Exactly. <laughs> Where if he, if he could have came in as a heel, I think it would have been a different story. Yeah. But now, um, now he's got a lot of work to do because he is, he is one of MLW's top baby faces. And he's got, you know, he's he's mistyped, he's miscast. I don't, I don't. I don't I, think he's miscast. I think he's capable of playing both roles. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. What I think what you would like better. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a possibility. It's he. It almost seems like they're trying too hard to make him what Keith Lee has been in in NXT. 
you know, know and, you, and you, you know you mentioned uh, the the, Car- the Carmel Colossus, right? Yeah, um, I don't like him either. <laughs> I know, but well, I'm, I'm just gonna have to. I just have to bring up him up just for a second because you you mentioned him and and, and reminded me of something that happened. Not I, I didn't see the most recent um, MLW, but I did see the one where they were where they were attacking Ace Romero, uh, the contra unit was, and then he came in there to stop them. Um, what I actually what I actually expected was kind of a uh, Hogan moment there. Like a Hollywood Hogan moment where you know he came in there to you know ostensibly to save Romero, and then he, then he joined Contra Unit and just beat the shit out of him. That would have made Barrington Hughes at least somewhat likable, in my mind. Yeah. Because it's just there's nothing. He's another guy that there's just nothing I've seen about him that I like. He's just a really really big guy who can only do one or two minute matches because he doesn't have a big enough gas tank. You know, I can see I can see Ace Romero putting on a fifteen twenty minute match. He mm-hmm. seems to have that kind of um, cardio, but Ace, uh, but Barrington Hughes, I just don't see it. I don't see anything other than squash matches in his future. With Barrington Hughes, I think I think the, they're really missing the boat on him in the sense that he could be a big attraction wrestler for them, or but he but he's hardly he hardly ever shows up and does anything, and it's and it's hard to be an attraction. If you don't do anything, true. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, he could be like, you know, like a, like Big Show was, or Andre the Giant was for WWE. Um, I'm trying to think of anybody. If there, you know, like uh, I'm trying to think of anybody who was like that for. I suppose like, uh, um, or even like, Ellie, Paul Ellie, White. like like El Gigante was for WCW. You know, or even like uh, the Giant was for WCW when he first came in. Right. He was he was a huge monster heel who had a ridiculous athleticism, and as far as Barrington Hughes goes, he's got two moves. He's got a splash and that where he rolls over people. Right. That's pretty much it. That's his move set. So yeah, and, and, and that would and that would be fine if the if they, you know, but they they don't show him hardly hardly enough, you know. I I think I don't know. I, I'm he's another guy that I just really really struggle with enjoying. Well, the over the budget battle royal at the first um, all at, at all in was my probably my favorite actual battle royal of all time. So, I have high hopes for this one. So I'm probably at like a seven or an eight for this one. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I guess I want I want to know what the prize is that they're that they're fighting for, and that might make my might intrigue me a little bit more. But by the fact that they're they're even talking about there being a, an a prize associated with AEW pretty much rules out all of the talent that's not signed to AEW. Okay. You know, so you got, you got MJF, Joey Janela, and and then a bunch of everybody else. Well, Brett and Brett and Taylor are both signed to AEW. Oh yeah, yeah, but they're a tag team. And I think and Cutler is too, actually, isn't he? Cutler and Kiss are too. So I mean, really, the only ones that are ruled out would be Sabian, just Sabian, right? And Pillman. And Pillman, yeah. And Romero, I don't e I don't even know if Romero's actually signed to MLW or if he's just kind of just floating around all over the place, you know. I guess I don't I don't know. the only place I've seen him is MLW, so Right. So what's your so what's your number for this one then? Four. I, I Well, that's a big disparity. Yeah, and maybe with um Maybe if we figure out what their you know their prize is for winning it, you know, like the All In Battle Royal, the the prize was a ROH TV title later on the show. 
you know, if they came out with something like that where, hey, later on the show, the last two guys standing or, you know, make it a four corners match with the last four guys, you know, they battle for this or whatever. And, you know, the, I, I don't know, just some kind of stipulation for the actual winner. I, there's just, there's a lot they could do. I just, right now, I don't have excitement for it. I hate the fact that they're, um, they built up MJF the way they have and he's in the over the budget battle royal. It's just, it seems, it seems off. I, the fact that they just couldn't find something better for MJF to do is got me down on this match more than I should be. Okay, that's fair enough. <clears throat> um, and, then, and then we come to the last match listed, which is uh, the Young Bucks defending their AAA World Tag Team Championships against the Lucha Bros. That's a 10 for me. All the way. I don't even need to know story or anything, even though they built it up. I, I don't need to know anything. I just, the, the four guys involved, the two teams involved, it's a 10 for me. That's way too high. Um, you know how much we both love the Young Bucks. And you know how much, what a big fan I am of, of Phoenix. But um, Pentagon is, is just, since he, since he left Lucha Underground, he's just so miss and hit for me. <laughs> and I stretched the miss part of that. That's why I said it backwards. Right. Um, you know, so much of that taunting bullshit, um, that fucking slap he does with the glove off and the way he plays to the crowd. I just can't stand it. And those two guys being together are not always able to put together something that's, you know, infinitely watchable to me. Um, <laughs> well, I've, I've seen the, his bad chemistry with a lot of people. I mean, there's been different people that we've seen him in the ring against where he just hits on every note. And there's other, other people like he, he's not good with Teddy Hart. Not at all. You know, and I've seen him one on one with Shane Strickland. He wasn't good with Shane Strickland, but Shane Strickland wasn't good. So it's hard to say that, you know, that's anything <laughs> special, but yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I, mean, I guess we'll see. Right. And he does have amazing chem- chemistry with Sammy Callahan. You know, yeah, incredible but, chemistry. But, you know, with, with you know, I, I just don't know. I mean, I can't rate this a 10. I can probably go a 6. Um, but, I mean, I would – but I, I think I've said this before a couple times on the show. I, I would much rather Booch and Rose be separate. And, uh, you know, Pentagon, Pentagon was back, went back to his dark character and Phoenix was Phoenix because I think that they're better separately than they are as a tag team. Um, I agree 100% with that. I mean, I, mean, I, think, I think it's going to be – I, I can't even say I think it's going to be a great match. I think it's I, – I, I really am up in the air on this one, but I'm going to I'm going to lean towards giving them the benefit of the doubt, so I'm going to go six rather than five. See, and I, I, like I said, I'm going ten just for the, the quality involved, the fact that I, I love all four competitors. I would – I'm with you. I would much rather see um, – uh, I would much rather see that team split up and Penta go back to Penta Dark. Okay, so, um, so let's so, – wait, so – you said you love all four competitors. Do you really love Pentagon Jr. or do you love Pentagon Jr. from Lucha Underground? Because no, I, I, cause, I, cause I, cause I don't see how somebody can love the way he's been wrestling since he left there. I, I, I love. I like a lot of what he's done in um, Impact, and I like a lot of what he's done in MLW. I, I I like Pentagon Jr. I'm a fan of his. I I get excited when I see him come out on the screen, and and it was the same thing we saw him in CMLL. We saw him. You know, back to his lucha roots and a few things. I, I do agree that the the Sarah Merrow gets a little bit um, annoying by a about, little bit by about the third one that he does on the Why way the to first, the ring. The first 
first one that he does is when he when he when he gets in the middle of the ring and before the when the bell rings, he says he says right in his opponent's face. That's just fucking ridiculous. Okay, breathe. <laughs> so by the third one, he does on the way to the ring. We haven't okay. even gotten to the ring before. I'm annoyed by it. Okay, then um, how can you, then how can you love him if he's annoying you before he even starts wrestling? He his chant annoys me. You separate the whatever his little tagline is from from the guy that he is. I can't. I, I, I got to look at the entire presentation, and, right. and, the, and the entire presentation involves him taunting his opponent, taking off that fucking glove, and like doing shh to the crowd. I mean, it's just it's just ridiculous. I mean, no, who? How what, many? What opponent how, is just, what opponent is just going to wait there for you, for you to get hit in the face with with somebody's was always taking was somebody taking their glove off and and playing to the crowd. It makes no one, sense. One opponent's going to stand there and wait for his finger to get snapped. Why Marty Skrull is he's doing the same shh to the crowd and it's part of the showmanship. That's just part of the match. It, it there's a lot of different moves that we can say. Well, who's going to just lay there in the middle of the ring while it takes um, Tanahashi 14 minutes to get up and up the top turnbuckle? It doesn't take him yeah. fucking 14 minutes, and you know it. <laughs> I mean, and, and you know, one thing I forgot to one thing I forgot to mention is the um, PCO Brody uh, the match at Madison Square Garden. Do you realize that PCO and Brody King are the rightful winners of that match? Um, why? Because Brody King was holding down. I, I can't remember who it was he was holding down, but was holding the whoever it was in the corner. Uh, so that uh, holding him flat to the mat, back flat on the mat, had his arm or hand resting on him to hold him in place while PCO climbed up the turnbuckle and did moonsault. Ref never made a count. Oh, good point. It, it, that was one thing that really, really pulled me out of that match was the fact that, and I'm sitting here screaming at my TV going, he's being pinned right now. Why are we waiting for a moonsault when he's got a pin on him? Yeah, that does happen, doesn't it? But, so, uh, but but I mean, but but Pentagon, I don't know. There's something about about him that just bugs me. Maybe just because he's not the guy I want him to be. Oh, and that's fair. I mean, that's that's completely fair and understandable. Okay, so 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 now we're getting to, we're getting to my my point of this, and I, I think it's cool that we we were like half an hour talking about this because I think it's an important topic. Oh um, yeah, of course so, it is. It's an upstart promotion in a wrestling where we've become pretty much. We follow all wrestling, not just one person. So it's it's kind of a nice little change of pace. So with with all this being said, you know, now that we've talked through it, like, what is your one to ten rating on wanting to see the entire show? <sighs> Honestly, I'm thinking maybe an eight or a nine, just because it's history. There's a couple matches I'm excited for, a couple matches I'm not. You know, and that's with any pay per view. It, it's not like it was with All In where, I mean, with, with All In, I knew every wrestler that was on the card. I mean, I, I even told you to watch out for Joey Janela. You're going to be really impressed with this guy and all that stuff. So this is a little different where the over-the-budget Battle Royal, and I, there, I don't know the stakes, so I don't know how interested in that match I am. I think there's some miscasting. It's not like, um, not like All In was. It doesn't seem to be as big a deal as All In was because All In was a standalone product. That was it. That was, you know, we wanted more, but we didn't know if we were ever going to see anything like that again. This is the kickoff to a, a brand new promotion. So everything we see is leading somewhere. Totally so it, it, it's, it's a little bit different for me on my level of wanting to watch it. But at the same time, this is history. 
we could see the next, uh, you know, the next WWE starting up right now, right before our eyes. God, I hope not. <clears throat> not, I mean, as far as you know, multi-billion-dollar global corporation that's based around wrestling. Not, hopefully, hopefully not um, using the same script of writers and the same formula that they had 30 years ago that works. So they're going to keep running with it. Um, but the, I, I don't know. I, I would say maybe an eight, a solid eight. If there was a little more, if there were more than the Omega and Jericho match and the um, Bucks and Lucha Brothers match for me to get excited about, I, I would probably rate it higher. But right now, that's the only two matches I'm overly excited about. But you would, all right. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. I, I, well, I agree, and I and I know I and I know I left out Cody and Dustin. Um, and I and did you, left up, you left out Hawk and Page too. Yeah, and I left that out too. And that's a, um, you know, those are based on the quality of performers, not any kind of what's going to happen going forward that I'm thinking about when I'm thinking about the other guys, it's the only 10 I gave was for Lucha brothers and young bucks. And that's just quality alone. And Jericho and Omega, they've got their own story that they've had going on for years um, in, in, and new Japan and just on Twitter and everything else. And then they've got, you know, this whole storyline about how uh, Jericho is wanting everybody to be thankful for him giving them careers and all that stuff. There's, there's a lot more to be invested in, in that match than Pac versus page Pac versus page is going to be a fun match. And I like the fact that they're, um, that they're going to meet up for the first time, but let's keep in mind. It's the first time there's going to be many, many more times where Pac and page are going to meet up. There's going to be, you know, this is the start of a story between those two. It doesn't feel like an end of a story. Where with Omega and and Jericho, it almost kind of seems like the end of the story for those two. It does, doesn't it? So uh-huh. it, it, for me, yeah, it's, I mean, those two matches I'm super excited about. The rest, as much as I love the talent in the ring, as much as I love um, Pac and Paige and want to see them together, it doesn't feel like this is a one-and-done situation where I might never see them again. Where with the other, uh, or, you know, the same thing with Dusty and, or Dustin and Cody. But the other two matches, it seems, it, it, the, like I said, the Omega Jericho seems like a blow-off to their feud. This seems like the final match of their feud. And we've already talked about how we wish that uh, Lucha Brothers would break up and move on and, and become single stars. It, it almost feels like this is their one shot to prove that they're the best in the world. And if they don't prove it, then, you know, they could be done. So you've got two matches where it might be the last time we ever see this matchup. And then you've got the other two matches where it likes, okay, this looks like the beginning of a long program. So I'm more excited to see those two that we might never see again than I am the, the two that are, like, yeah, okay, I see this is leading to some bigger story. I could totally get on board with everything you just said. So um, <laughs> I, I'm, prob- I'm probably at a seven. Um, now, if I had if I'd been able to get tickets like I, for this like I did for All In, and I, and I knew I'd be going to that same kind of atmosphere that I, that I w- went into it All In, I'd probably be at a ten for this. Um, but you know, just knowing that I'm not going to be in attendance, I'm going to be watching on a screen. Um, I'm probably at a seven or so. And that's, you know, a lot of that is just cause you know, I'm not into the SoCal uncensored match. I'm not into the women's match. 
Um, I'm not as co- as confident about the Bucks versus the Lucha Bros as you are. I'm not as confident as, as of Cody versus Dustin as you are. So really, I mean, for me, it's three matches. It's the Battle Royal. It's um, Omega versus Jericho, and it's Hangman Page versus Pac. Um, and and so I mean, while the other three, the other ones are going to be good, I think window dressing. Those are the ones I'm really into, and that you know, and that's fine. I mean, that's that's a wrestling card needs to have you know, peaks and valleys and highs and lows and, and uh, up and coming stars and, you know, just matches that are going to blow your socks off. I mean, I don't want them to be a super indie. I want them to be an actual promotion where there's a mid card, a lower card and an upper card. And I think that this um, is a good example of how to build a card that way. So, you know, so that being said, I'm probably just slightly under you, you know, slightly lower than you um, in giving it a, um, a um, what the hell did I say? A seven com- compared to your eight. Um, so, are you going to order this, then, Jeff? I'm trying to find out where I can find it at this point. It's right fucking exactly. It's fucking exactly. We don't know where we can order it. We don't know how much the fucking thing's going to cost. We don't even know what time, what time the fucking thing is going to start. And it's 26 days away from the fucking card. They should fucking get on that shit, don't you think? Did you just have a heart attack live on air? That's the point I've been building to this whole time is, you know, we there's always excitement about this show, and we don't even know if we can fucking watch the thing or not yet. Sorry, I'm Googling right now to see if it's available. It's not. There's not. There's not it's it, the only thing that's available is the date. We don't know what systems it's going to be on. It's not going to be announced to be on Fight TV yet. It's not been announced to be a streaming pay-per-view yet. They have not announced the, the cost of the pay-per-view yet. They said it's going to be a pay-per-view, but that's the only detail we have of it. The detail and the date, not even the time the fucking thing's supposed to start. And it pisses me off, in case you can't tell. Hard to tell. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, you know, very hard to tell. Yeah. Didn't see that coming, did you? Um, I was waiting for your little blow up because I know that uh, you're having issues with a lot of lots that they do, but um, yeah, I didn't see the little heart attack happening. <laughs> say that I didn't have a heart attack. I mean, I, I, mean I, I really want to support these guys, but they're but the stuff that they're doing and the way that they're doing it. Um, I mean, it's past the point now of causing suspense. I mean, to me right now, it feels like they really, they honestly don't know themselves what's going to happen with this show. Well, the start time is 7 p.m. Eastern on Saturday, May 25th. And I've seen that now on five different websites, so I'm going to go with that. They don't, it, there's nothing stating how they're going to be able to see it. I'm half expecting them to announce their own streaming service soon. To be honest. Don't you think they should have done that, more, you know, less than a by by now, when it's less than a month before the show, you would think. But you know, maybe they want to work out something where, hey, you, uh, mm-hmm. you sign up for our streaming service, we'll give you double or nothing for free. You know, with a free trial, and they just want to get closer to that thirty day. Maybe maybe tomorrow or in two days, May first, they'll announce it. I, or, I guess I don't or know. May, or maybe <clears throat> maybe all the rumors about the, their TV deal falling through is, are true, and they have no place to distribute this thing. I haven't heard about that yet. 
Oh, you have last I last I saw they were still looking at TNT as their place to go. Yeah, TNT found out that they weren't the ones that actually produced All In, that it was done by Ring of Honor. And so the rumor is that they dropped out because of that. Well, we knew that Ring of Honor had help with it, but I, this was fully funded by them. It doesn't matter who produced it. It does to, the, it, it doesn't to us, but it certainly does to TNT. Well, yeah, because they don't want to spend their own money to produce it. They want they want produce production people to be hired by AEW. Yeah, I, I'm not dis- I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just telling you what the situation is right now. Okay, the last thing I see that was posted was Jim Ross on April eighth, saying that they will have a live weekly or they will have a weekly program on TNT. Uh, this broke. This broke after April eighth, I believe. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They'll have a live, or they'll have a weekly two-hour live TV show. I guess he doesn't say where it'll be, but. Right. No, he did say that. I'm saying, but I'm saying that I, you know, I think I he was, heard he was, anything. He was, about... he, was in, he was fully anticipating that was going to be the case, and then it fell through. Yeah, and that's possible. I. I just Google that I don't see anything about them. Everything is about how they have a deal in place, but it was all from the beginning of April. And um, and I mean, I realize that I'm that I'm probably you know a bit too critical of this of what's going on, but you got to remember that I'm also I've also been supporting these guys since before they they even announced that they were going to be doing this. Um, um, so, so, yes. so it's very, so so it's very disappointing to me that. That they're in the spot that they're in right now, when you know when it seems like it could have been avoided. Okay, two days ago, All Elite Wrestling to announce TV network deal very soon. One day ago, Chris Jericho says AEW will announce major TV deal soon, but there's nothing about anybody backing out or anything like that. This is just in the last two days with AEW coming out saying they're going to announce a deal soon. Well, I hope it's true. Yeah, because yeah, one day ago, AEW, uh, Chris Jericho says AEW will announce major TV deal soon, and then two days ago, AEW to announce TV network deal very soon. That's the last latest updates I see. And I don't see anything about anybody backing out, so I don't know. But yeah, I mean, it was to to me, it was pretty much obvious that they got a lot of help producing it from Ring of Honor. Uh, yeah, they were they were just funding it. They were just the ones that were putting it on. They weren't the ones that were running the cameras and and all this stuff. But they were the ones that funded it, put it together, got all the deals in place, and so on. That's that's what was so impressive about it. Not the fact that it was on TV. The fact that it was on TV, they could have hired any production company to do it. It just happened to be that they currently were working for a um, wrestling production company that could do it. That can that could actually do a wrestling program, right? But they 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 fully funded everything. They're the ones that paid for the pyro. They're the ones that paid for the talent. They're the ones that paid for the. They were the ones that put together the storylines coming in. They were the ones that, you know, pretty much took every aspect of it except for the finished TV product. So if TNT is backing out because of that, they're insane. All right. So I just found, I just found an article about this. So hang on a, hang on a second. <clears throat> sure. 
Um, but let's see. Okay, this it is fucking ads would stop trying to populate on my screen. I hate that shit. Yeah, I don't see anything. I mean, I see things back in February and January where they're talking about possible deals failing. Um, but everything that I see about AEW TV over the last week is all about a deal coming very soon. Announcement coming soon. Okay, so so this isn't about the deal falling through, but it's about it's about like what the deal was going to end up being instead of what we what they were anticipating it being. Um, my understanding, based on the people I've spoken to, is that it would be more AEW paying for its time on TNT and then Turner paying AEW for its show. Um, another another very good wrestling reporter and I have been talking about whether that would be the case or whether it'd be a revenue share. We both heard rumblings and talked to people. Maybe a couple months ago, it might have been a little bit of a different story, but the truth is, when you're talking to Turner. They're a very well-established, very well-off company inside of a gigantic parent company. It's not the UFC. It's not WWE. It's not MLB. They have MLB. They have NWA. They know what they have to pay for. And I think currently AEW is way more to prove than Turner has in terms of trying to get them to come to their networks. I think AEW needs to deal more than Turner does. And that's not surprising because I, uh, all wrestling promotions have gone through that and before until they – had a product. I mean, even back in the day, the NWA used to have to pay Crockett Productions. That's part of what um, led to Ted Turner buying Crockett Productions was because he was bankrupt from having to pay for TV time. And Turner bought, bought it as a television production, so a way to get eyes to the TV. So it, it, it's not surprising that they have to pay for their TV time. That sounds natural. Then they have to go out and they have to sell the advertising for the show. You know, they, you're going to end up with things like you have on, uh, like you had on MLW, where GoDaddy sponsored a commercial free, and uh, Impact has all of their stuff. They, they've done things with GoDaddy. They've done stuff with, God, I can't remember the last pay per view they had. The last one that we watched, Bound for Glory, where they had an entire, they had the um, the logo in the middle of the ring. Yes, yes, they did. <laughs> so you know, it, it's not, it's not surprising that they'll have to pay for their own TV slot. Not surprising at all. No, I agree with that. And, and but I but I had also heard that you know that basically and it doesn't really say that here but you know it said a couple months ago it might have been different and and the reason for that from what I understand is that they were willing to they were willing to actually pay for it until they found out that it was that all it had been produced actually by Ring of Honor and not by um the Jacksons and Cody. So. Well, if they're that if they're that impressed with Ring of Honor's production, then why not throw Ring of Honor on TBS? Well, that's what, well, that's what I was thinking too. But I, you know, I mean, if that's their if that's their main criteria for wanting to do it was because of the production value, not the talent, not the people involved. It's just the production value. Then why not throw Ring of Honor on there? Since now you found out that they are the ones that produced it. Yeah, because they're Ring of Honor. Well, it's just it, – it, it sounds like a, a stupid argument by them. Just It sounds like it's them saying, hey, you know what? We, wanted to, we want to save some money here. We want you to prove yourself, so we're going to use this as our reasoning for not, not paying 100% for your TV slot. That's kind of what it feels like to me. 
Yeah, just an excuse. Yep. Did you more, uh, an, more an excuse so, than anything? Because if it, if it was solely about the production and and that's the reason, oh, we found out you didn't produce it, but Ring of Honor produced it. Well, if you were that impressed with the production, then sign Ring of Honor to a TV deal. Fair enough. <laughs> did you uh, see who the other um, rumored? Um, party was that besides TNT that um, as far as getting a deal with? I only saw TNT and TBS. I didn't see anybody else. Uh, the other rumor one was actually Showtime. Really? Yeah. Now that would have been an interesting but there that would have been that would have been more like TNA's weekly um, pay-per-views than an actual TV show. How do you figure that? Because you're paying, you'd be paying ten bucks a month to watch a streaming service or on your know, Showtime, which you'd pay fifteen bucks a month to get on whatever channel you've got, whatever TV provider you have. It's something that would be a subscription-based service. Okay, so yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, I hadn't thought of it that way. But the other thing that it does is it also gives them the opportunity to do what Cody has said he's wanted, which is do it be an adult wrestling product. Right. You know, you know, if you're on a if you're on a premium service like that, there's no, you know, there's no uh, oversight really by the uh, FCC, so you could do pretty do pretty much whatever you want to do on there. And to be honest, if you think about it this way, if they're going to be producing their own product, if they're going to be the ones that are going to be paying for the TV time, that gives them a little bit more freedom than it would if TNT was doing it. Because what did Bischoff say? The whole reason why they failed. The whole reason why WCW failed was because they got they they shut down his edgy uh, adult content. They tried to make him too family friendly. And if Cody wants to go edgy adult, why go to TNT? Count this as a blessing that hey, now you're paying for it yourself, so now you have a little more um, say in the content that's there, and the and the network doesn't have as much. Yeah, I mean, I I think them paying for their own for their own spot is actually a great idea because then they don't have to share the you know the advertising with with anybody. You know they're 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 getting all their own. Fees. I mean, yeah, they're not getting the big influence of cash that WWE somehow managed to wrangle in from Fox and USA. Yeah, USA for the last twenty years they've been able to wrangle in. Yeah, but I mean, but I mean, they're, I think their respect. I think their deal was like something like what one point two billion dollars combined between the two. To go to Fox, yeah. Yeah, for Fox. the in October, yeah. Yeah, just it's just ridiculous. I mean, there nothing that they're doing warrants them getting that kind of a deal. But a lot of it's the fact that they're privately. Um, own publicly or you know privately owned company that is publicly traded they're you know they've got a track record over the last 30 years and they've got um you know they've got investors involved in decision making it's not just one guy standing at the top or one or two guys standing at the top that are the ones making all the decisions they've got a board of directors that are helping them make them too because they're a, a publicly traded company so it, it's a, that's a lot less of a gamble for somebody like Fox or um, USA to take because they know they're going to get they're not going to get ECW from 1999. They're going to well, get something well, that's a little more family family oriented that they can put on at seven o'clock on a on a Thursday night when the kids are getting ready for bed and they can watch a little bit of wrestling. I, I agree with your point if they were just to maintain the current deals, but I don't under, but I don't understand how a company that is losing ratings is losing um, popularity is losing you know attendance at house shows basically doubles their 
their premium, you know, their their uh, rights fees for the last for the last time, last five years to, to this five years. It, it doesn't. All the numbers point to them dropping, not dropping in popularity, not increasing in popularity to the point where they would get the kind of money that they got. And I think that has a lot to do with the fact that it's a network, um, a national network television or national you know, network in Fox, as opposed to it just being USA again. If it had just been USA taking both shows and everything stayed status quo, I don't think you would have seen that kind of deal. But I think the majority of this is is coming from Fox, who they basically over the last what thirty years have become a sports network. They're I, I can't name a TV show that's on there anymore. Well, they sold most of their TV shows to Disney. This that just came came through like what end of last month or something. Yeah, that's. That's one thing I'm looking forward to is the Disney Plus streaming service, especially with all the um, the Marvel stuff I'm seeing that's coming up. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, did you did you see Avengers in, um, Endgame yet? Yeah, I saw it on Thursday when okay. it came out. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, it's it's an odd movie because I thought I needed to be all caught up on all the Marvel. I haven't seen Captain or uh, Captain Marvel yet. No, I didn't need yeah. to. The only thing no. I needed to know about Captain Marvel was her name. And that she can fly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that was about it. Because they really didn't show much more than that. I, I'll probably want to see it before I start seeing the Phase 4 movies, simply because I'll want to know a little more about her character since she's be- going to become the new leader of the Avengers. Is she? Well, we appear to have lost Jeff, and I'm and I'm still on the line, so... I think we'll go ahead and take a uh, commercial break now. We're we're an hour into the show, so it's about time to take that break anyway, and we'll be right back with you. Okay, everybody, welcome back to Kingdom of Honor. So uh, the wonderful program on Skype kicked us off, so uh, I'm going to try to add Jeff back on now, and we'll see what's going on. See if we can get him back on here. Um, I had no Marvel's going to be the new leader of the Avengers, so maybe you can shed some light on what he was talking about there when uh, we lost him. So do you think this means that um, they don't want us talking about Marvel? I think I think, I think it means that they don't want us talking about Captain Marvel. <laughs> or, or just Marvel in general. Maybe that's how they stopped you know, any possible spoilers that would have came out. Yeah, because cause, cause, like, Skype like totally uh, kicked us off. So, um, So let's move on. Let's not talk about that. Well, no, I, I wanted to know, where did you hear the stuff that Captain Marvel's going to be the new leader, new leader of the Avengers? Because I hadn't heard that. That's just been kind of the rumor going around for the last, I, I don't know, three, four months when they've been talking about how the the original cast is moving on and the new cast will be coming and it's going to be led by Captain Marvel with her being, because she's you know by far the most powerful of the of the superheroes where when you look at it before yeah thor was powerful uh hulk was powerful but they didn't have the moral compass that that captain america had and they didn't have the brains that tony stark had where um captain marvel is kind of a a good blend of all three of them can i just say ug yeah i'm not i guess i want to see her movie before i make a full decision but it it's going to be a, a completely different different style of of Marvel movies coming forward going forward. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of looking forward to Shane, to seeing Shang Chi. You know, I mean, I like kung fu movies anyway, and to seeing it in the Marvel universe, I think it's gonna be yeah. pretty cool. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I like the fact that Doctor Strange is coming back for another movie, and we've got Spider-Man. I really like this Peter Parker. I do, too. And, and the way that they're doing the Spider-Man you know, now going forward, I really, really like. And I, I like the Doctor Strange franchise and what they're doing. I like Paul Rudd as Ant-Man. So I, it's got some – and I want to see more of uh, Black Panther, too. So it's got, it's got a lot for me to look forward to going forward. It's just the movie was good. I thought it dragged for the first hour and a half. The second hour and a half, it was phenomenal. I, I was all you know. That's all I cared about was what was happening next on my screen. So it, I don't. I guess I don't want to say any more than that because I'm afraid they'll cut us off again. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was really good. I didn't think, but I did not think it was as good as uh, Infinity War. No, not even close. Uh, well, the last hour and a half, I think, ranked up there. But you can't take a movie just by an hour and a half. Exactly. Considering it was a three-hour movie and the first hour and a half really drug, that's why I don't think it's as good as Infinity. This might have been my, maybe my fifth favorite Marvel movie. Yeah. And, and you know, I mean, really, um, you know, the battle was awesome. I mean, the battle was probably better than anything we've seen before. Yeah, and I mean, and and I'm not gonna. I don't want to really talk about it because I don't want to give any spoilers. But uh, there were so many things and so many callbacks and so many. Um, just explosive moments during that final hour battle scene. And it was a good hour. That, that battle was a good hour long. Yeah. And there were so many parts in that that were callbacks to, for, uh, to movies and things that were just shocking to see. And then other things that you're like, holy crap, I've been waiting for you know, six movies to see that happen and, and stuff like that. That, it, it, that last hour, hour and a half was just so much fun. So much fun. Well, we don't want to spoil much, so I'm just going to say the thing that really bugged me about it, um, and I was able to finally overcome it because of the redemption part of it, was uh, – and I'm sure you're not going to be shocked by this because you know, how, you know who my favorite character is, but, uh, but uh, slovenly drunk Thor. Um, that's, that all was, I'm gonna say. that's all I'm going to say. That was so fun. <laughs> so, Fuck so you. fun. Fuck you. <laughs> I, he had – again, he was, the, he was the comedic part of the movie. But he doesn't. I, he shouldn't be though. He's fucking Thor. Uh, I I had heard a rumor and that Chris Evans had signed on to do a few more movies because supposedly his contract was up like everybody else's. But I, from what I understand is he signed up to do a few more movies. So the ending with him made a whole ton of sense, and I hope that we get that group together going forward. Um, you just said Chris Evans, and Chris Evans is played Captain America. I, yeah, not Chris Evans. I meant um, Chris Hemsworth. Okay. So the Thor character. Yes, and that's great as long as they don't turn him into fucking comedian, fat-ass comedian Thor again. Come on, drunk Thor was fun. No, it wasn't. They should not be like that. I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. You enjoyed it because you know I would hate it. Pretty much, yeah. That might have been the only reason I enjoyed it is because I knew you were going to hate it. That's what I just got done saying. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. At least anyway. you're thinking for once. All right. <laughs> So, so, uh, so let's let's uh, move on. Um, now that we've spent an hour on all elite wrestling, that we got to move on. All right, let's let's move on. So, I mean, I, I, I think it's fine. We spent we spent over an hour on all elite wrestling simply because you didn't even see the NWA show that we were supposed to cover. So, um, you know, you, you, and then you kind of have, have a week to get caught up on that, I suppose. Yeah, but we um, we were going to dedicate an entire show last week to MLW. Well, right, right. We're so we're going to talk about MLW right now. Is that is that okay with you? No. That's not. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start this discussion. 
uh, with an, with another uh, bit of a thought exercise, like I did the, like I did the last one about AEW. Okay. But it, it'll be a much quicker one, I, I promise. And and I had actually I had actually already clued you into I was going to be doing this um, prior to the last show, so you've had actually extra time to think of it. Um, so I'm sure you did nothing on your vacation except for uh, except for think of uh, you know about wrestling. So. Yeah, that's you know that's all I did. <laughs> So wait a minute, you know, and and you know, actually, I forgot to bring this up when you're talking about them about the, you going to see um, Avengers. But how the fuck were you able to go see Avengers when you were stuck in Kelly's garage all day? <laughs> I uh, I got the garage door fixed, <laughs> and then I went home and I took care of everything that I could take care of in my place. And then about a half hour before the movie, I got uh, like some news alert that came across, and I was like, you know what, I want to go see this movie. And then when movie time started, I'm like, all right, I'm going to this movie, and I just just went. Ah, okay. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I mean, I fixed the garage door earlier on in the afternoon. I got all of my stuff done Wednesday, and then the little bit I could get done. I mean, there's a few things show related that I still need to figure out, but I, that I couldn't get done on Thursday. But pretty much everything else I was able to get done. So I figured, hey, I got a free, few free hours. I'm on vacation. What the hell? All right, fair enough. Because uh. You know, just to, just for the uh, just for the the plebeians out there that are listening to us, I can't believe I just used that word. That was awesome. <laughs> but uh, but Jeff had actually uh, messaged me that he was that he, he was going to be uh, tell tell Susan he had he had to go as soon as he got done fixing the garage. And I and I said to him, yeah, famous last words. <laughs> and he didn't text me again for like two days after that. So. Yeah, so I was gonna say, keep in mind that I didn't message you again for like two or three days. So. <laughs> I left you hanging, thinking I was dead there. <laughs> well, you know. But yeah, I, I was. I was obviously super worried about it. No, we got. The, I mean, we got that fixed, and and I was able to come back here and get the stuff I needed to get done done, and so on. So. All right. So, so here's the thought exercise, and and I like I said, I, I didn't mention this to you before, so you've had time to think about it. But what is your favorite professional wrestling promotion of all time? Of all time, I still have to go AWA. I mean, if we're going all time, I have to go AWA just because, you know, and, and I saw Ryan's tweet in your response about Nick Bockwinkle. And uh, for the record, Nick Bockwinkle was fantastic. In fact, for a long, long time, he was my favorite wrestler on the planet. Um, but he, uh, AWA was my childhood. That's what got me into it. That's still my favorite promotion. I still love the fact that everybody who we saw become a star later on pretty much made their start in w in AWA. So it was, it was a lot of fun. I, that's, that's gotta be mine of all time. Okay. Um, and, and is that like the sole reason for it? Cause you kind of grew up with it, grew up on it and stuff. Or, I mean, is there, was there specific things that you liked about it? Well, I mean, that's where we got the road Warriors started. That's where we got Shawn Michaels started. Nick Bonkwinkle, perfect example, Hogan, Flair, uh, all these guys were all part of, of AWA and Vern Gagne did such a great job promoting it and making a big deal out of people. Like when Dusty came to AWA, we knew who Dusty Rhodes was because of NWA, but he made such a huge impact when he would show up in AWA that it was just like, <laughs> I just remember, um, you know, things that, that he did, the, the, pro, the promos seemed ahead of their time. Like this, the promos that they were doing in AWA was ahead of what WWE was doing at the time. You know, I thought the wrestling was actual real wrestling. It wasn't all showboat. 
And yeah, then you add the fact that that's what I grew up on, that's what my first love was, then that's always going to have a soft spot in my heart. I mean, yeah. out, outside of that, it, it, it's hard for me to say, well, yeah, the NWA was. Well, no, the NWA wasn't because the NWA became WCW, and it wasn't always NWA, and it had some, you know, it's, I could say, well, WWE is. Well, no, because WWE, I can't stand right now, so how can that be my favorite promotion of all time if I hate them right now? Same thing with Ring of Honor. I'm really having a hard time with Ring of Honor right now. You too. So, so how can I say that this is a, you know, that's my favorite promotion of all time when there's things that I don't necessarily, like AWA, when I was a kid, that was a must watch. Could have been the fact that it was, I was a kid, could have been the fact, like, I can't think of outside of maybe MLW right now and New Japan when I when with their big shows but as far as TV goes MLW right now is the only promotion that I feel is a must watch promotion and that's kind of where and that's kind of where I where um I'm kind of going with this because and I know you said you saw this on uh on um Twitter when I when I said it um and you know I, I don't even know how many people out there even realize this promotion ever existed um, but my all-time favorite promotion is um, oh, shit, now, I, now I lost the name of it um, is uh, Global Wrestling Federation um, and, and partly it's for the same reason that, that it was for me, it was, it's not that I grew up on it necessarily so much as it is that um, that it was on when I got home from school for a couple of years you know I mean I, you know, I, mean, I would I, first started watching WWF and then I started watching um, NWA and I saw some of a, of a AWA when it was, you know, kind of in its dying days, but really, um, God, you miss so much greatness. If that, if you just saw it in like the last two or three years, the early eighties was so good. That company was so, so good. Like everybody that was a star towards the end of the eighties and into the early nineties got their roots in, in AWA and they became the characters that we grew up to love. Like Hulk Hogan was one, um, you know, Flair got, uh, of course got his start in NWA, but he was another one that started in the early seventies in AWA. There was just so much talent. there, so much goodness that if you didn't see AWA until God, I want to say like 86, you really missed the boat, really missed the boat on how good they were. Yeah, and I and I don't think I actually saw them until like 1990 or something. So, so I mean, I I missed. I'm sure I missed it. I sure I did miss quite a bit. But I I can only go by my what my actual experience is, you know. And and my actual experience is, you know, what lies a lot with Global because you know I was able to see them um, when they were on my TV every single week and um, and I, not not even every single week. It was every single day coming home from school. I would pop on ESPN and there was global and, you know, and you, you know, you talked about the guys that started in AWA. Well, in global, that's where Harlem heat got their start as the Ebony experience. Um, and, you know, Booker T is one of the most decorated champions of all time. That's where um, the Patriot came from. That's where Jerry Lynn got his start. That's where, um, um, didn't Jericho start there too? I don't remember Jericho there, but um, I, remember, I know his his first major major promotion was ECW. And I don't, was, but I could I have swore he was in GWF for a while too. I don't remember him being there. It doesn't mean that he wasn't. But if he was, he didn't do anything really special there. But but Sean Waltman did, 
um, you know, Sean Waltman had, a, had an amazing feud against Jerry Lynn there over their um, their light heavyweight championship, and you know that was when, that was really first turned me on to him when he was called the Lightning Kid, and they had they had a great two out of three falls match that is still one of my favorite matches of all time. I just wish I could fucking find it to watch it again. <laughs> um, um, and then uh, Bagwell started there as the handsome stranger. Um, there was the dark Patriot angle. I mean, they did bounty angles. It was just a great Southern wrestling promotion um, that always had great things on every week. And I, and I just totally loved it. Um, I loved it. And I loved it because of the storyline, not necessarily because of the, of the wrestling involved in it. And that's kind of where I'm at with, with major league wrestling right now. Um, Go ahead. I hate to jump in here, but Jericho didn't start there or Jericho wasn't there. I got that, that Southern promotion mixed up with Smoky Mountain wrestling. Where Jericho uh, did spend time. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and Major League Wrestling actually reminds me of hell of a lot of Global. You know, I mean, they, they've they've got these, they've got stables. You know, they've got a weekly television program where they're where they're you know they they do a lot of focusing on the strengths of their of their competitors. Um, of course, they have that you know they have the Dirty Blondes, which I just don't get enough anywhere near enough TV time anymore. Um, they really value their championships. It feels like. Now that it's off fucking Strange Strickland, um, you know they they have the great bounty angles they're running, um, and and really I mean, and I thought about this you know with WCW as well just just earlier this week because I you know doing a lot of listening to to Tony and Eric of, of course, um, but wrestling was just more fun in the '90s. You know, I mean, it it just was. I mean, you and I are really, you know, enjoy catching, cutting, cut up on the indies and stuff. But I think you and I get too bogged down in like, you know, the actual match ratings and things. Um, you know, seeing like the seven star matches and the five star matches, and we're really, I mean, it's the stories that you know really drew me into pro wrestling. And that's um, why, that's why when I've been going back and watching, you know, '96 to probably about 2000, um, you know, doing that and rewatching the Nitros and the Raws and, and even ECW at that time, I'm trying to throw aside all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to throw aside fantasy booking and, and doing all this where I think this angle should go or that angle should go. Trying to throw aside um, what is actually happening. Like, I don't mind doing the ratings because I think as a fan, that's important. Mm-hmm. It's important. It's important not only for us to say, "Hey, you know what? This was a five-star match," because that gets people watching it. But it's also important for people to understand how these ratings are. You know, they're all subjective and everything. This is what I think of this. I think if you like what I do, you're really going to like this, so you need to go check it out. So I think star ratings are important because it gives you an idea of where this person, where the person that's putting the ratings is coming from, and the suggestions that he gives going, that person gives going forward. But, and any fan, any fan can do that. And every, any fan should do that. You should rate things on how you like it, especially in a variety show setting like wrestling is. But I, I'm really trying hard to watch it as a fan, not as a guy who thinks he knows an insider thing or, you know, what happened to Bill Goldberg in, you know, 20 years later and stuff like that. And I think that's that's one thing that, like you just said, is really missing from being a, from wrestling enjoyment nowadays. Is too many people are so caught up in all the backstage stuff that they forget the stories that are happening on screen. 
Right, and, and Major League Wrestling, you know, is a lot, you know, has a lot of that. I mean, they're, they're, they tell great stories, in my opinion, and there are some great matches on there, but the match doesn't have to be great to get my attention on there because there's almost always something going on. There's almost always something leading on to a larger story, mm-hmm. and and so even even when there's there's not you know necessarily a great match, it's it's always captivating me because because I'm I want to know what happens next. You know, I want to know how this is leading into something else, and I'm never disappointed by that. Um, yeah, and, 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 and that's and, that and, is and, a good and thing. That's, and that's and that's you know, I, and that's what, uh, and and that to me is it's it's like the perfect balance. And so right now, I'm totally with you that Major League Wrestling is my favorite wrestling promotion right now. It's it's one that I that I I'm only missing it really because I'm watching other things, trying to get caught up on other things that we've you know that we've planned on. But I mean, I'm only one episode behind right now, and it and I and and also you know I mean I I really. Um, I was very critical of a couple of guys when I when you know when I first started watching, but from back in December. But but I want to say this about these two. First of all, Tom Lawler's won me over again because he's just so fucking great. Mm-hmm. Um, he's great in the ring. He's great on the mic. He's got that intensity. Um, he really feels like a real badass that can kick your ass. But he also is very down to earth, relatable. And um, he's also he's also bringing an element of um, real life fighting to this, like with the the press conference he had at the end of I haven't seen this week's yet mm-hmm. but he had a press conference at the end of last or two weeks ago was it two weeks ago yeah two weeks ago where he got jumped by um uh, contra. contra unit yep. uh but he just he what he's brought since he's been champion is almost a legitimate feel it's not like Shane Strickland was where it was all um showboating and you know making me the biggest star on the tv he's he's bringing this as a legitimate, like you said, legitimate badass, but he's also bringing it to where it seems it's got a dirty UFC feel to it, boxing feel to it, you know, something like that where you've got the, it's, his, it's, gri- it's gritty. Yeah. Yeah. That's the best way to put it. It's not, it's not all cleaned up for the camera. Like, uh, like Shane Strickland was, or like other champions are, you know, throughout time. Um, right. And then, and, and then the other guy I was hypercritical about and uh, was, was Teddy Hart, and mm-hmm. and watching him over the last you know couple of months of programming, um, three or four I suppose three months of programming now, um, you know it, 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 grew, it, it I got to the point where it was like, okay, so this this guy really is great at what he does, even if what he does is being a great spot wrestler, mm-hmm. you, know, you know that's that's where I was at with him, and then he started really selling those ribs and stuff. You know, he really he really started not being the spot guy where he was actually the kind of the guy like always in mortal peril and and just finding either finding a way to pull out a win in a singles match or finding a way to get a tag in to Davey in order to, for them to first team to somehow get a get a victory um, and he, he's, he's really shown me a lot more of his uncle in recent months than he had ever before well and not just that but his style on the microphone he is so good on the microphone by seeming to be so uncomfortable on it. You know, it, and I was, I was last time we talked about Teddy Hart and you were jumping all over me about how bad he is and all this stuff. I, I was biting my tongue because I just knew you weren't caught up to where I was and I knew you were going to turn around. Um, he's, yeah, he does his spot monkey stuff there for a while, you know, the here and there. He's had his matches where it's been nothing but a spot fest, but he's also had matches where he's told just really, really good stories. Like you said, he's he's been selling that rib injury now for the last three, three four weeks. 
you know, and ever since his feud with Dynasty started and all that, it's it's been a completely different Teddy Hart than what you saw originally. And I loved Teddy Hart last year. Then he became the spot monkey, and I can kind of see where you were getting upset about it. But I, I held true, you know, and since I was binge-watching, I didn't have time to get upset about it because he was back to being the Teddy Hart that I liked in the beginning. Fair enough. Um, the, the one criticism I still have with him is too many, too many Canadian destroyers. Yeah, you know? that I agree. <laughs> that is one thing. It's, you can only do that move so many times, and, and he and, does it a lot. And really, it's, it's, the, it's the late 2018, early 2019 uh, new super kick. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I mean it's, it's not just him. It's everybody does that move all the time now. Well, and it's, it's and, done and, 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 it means, and it means nothing. And it means nothing anymore. <laughs> and, it, I mean, back when Petey Williams had, uh, did it, it was the most devastating move on the planet. Now it's just a, it's a transition move. Exactly. And and I and I and I and I uh, yeah. So I mean, to me, that that's an awesome move that should that should finish matches. And and uh, and I realize that Teddy and Davy do a do a version of it as their finisher. Yeah, but, the Doomsday Destroyer. But at the, but at the same time, um, really, a, a Canadian Destroyer should finish matches, and and now it almost never does. Well, you can I, unfortunately you can kind of blame, and I, I hate to do this. Because I think the guy's incredibly talented, and he was on top for over a decade. But we kind of got to blame John Cena for that. Because <laughs> John Cena's the first time I ever saw it as a transitional move. Wait, wait, he, wait. You saw, you saw John Cena do a destroyer before? Yeah, he did it for a while. Actually, it was, it was kind of a cross. I mean, it depended I saw, on... I saw, I, saw, I saw him do a Code Red before. It I, don't, dep- I, never, I don't think I've ever seen him actually do a... Um, a destroyer before. Yeah, it it was weird because he would do it in a you know a pop up manner that wasn't a pop. It was just it was a weird weird thing, but he did it um, when he was in his right after his feud with Kevin Owens. It, it was in every single match of his for almost a year, and it was like a crossover. He tried to do a code red. It, it was really hard to decide what he was doing. Because it looked like a destroyer, but it also looked like a code red. But there was also some elements of a power bomb in there. It was just weirdness. But I think that's where it really became. Because I don't remember really seeing that as that kind of transitional move before then. But after that, that's all I see is that move being performed five, six times every match, every match now. Well, can I tell you who I think who I think is the blame for it? Sure. Adam Cole. Yeah, Adam Cole does do it a lot. Because he, he was doing it in Ring of Honor before Cena was doing it in WWE, and he would he would do like the like the what's it called the Panama Sunrise, yeah, where he where, where he would spring off the second rope and hit it, and then it would never win matches either for him. Well, and that's that like that springboard stunner that um, that uh, Cena was doing for a while. Great move, but you got to get a pinfall out of it every now and then, considering it's a stunner. Yeah. And that was one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. That was his finishing move. You've got to get a win occasionally. And then, and then, and then it was either Dragon Lee or Takahashi that was doing it. Um, I want to say it was Takahashi that was doing it when he was still Kaimatachi uh, in, in Ring of Honor. You know, that was the other guy that was really doing it a lot, and it was never finishing matches. So. I guess I don't remember that at all. But but it's but it's kind of you know it's kind of spread from from those guys, and now it seems like. You know, it, it went for, it went it went from it really it went from um, you know there's only you know the foot pile driver is an impossibility to Petey Williams doing it to then everybody on the fucking planet doing it. Yeah, and and doing it to death. 
You know, but still, when Petey Williams did it, I just remember that being one of the coolest moves I'd ever seen. And now it's every single match. And now they're even bringing it out onto the apron, onto the floor. They're doing pop-up versions of it. It's just enough. <laughs> enough. Right, right. And, and there was like there was one of the matches at um, the USA versus the World Super Show from Wrestle from a Super weekend where um, where a guy did it to every every single one of his opponents in an eight man tag. What the hell? Like it's like consecutive. Yeah, it's gotten to be too much. Oh, you know what? It wasn't an eight man tag. It was a six man tag because it was it was one of the guys facing the rascals that did it to all three of the rascals. It's an it's an it's time for that move to go to retire again for a little while. Yeah, or at least become a uh, or or become a finisher. I mean, I saw I saw something that you um, this was a while back where somebody was talking about finishing moves and how he hates the finisher kick out, and it was more of a transitional move where I kind of have like I don't mind somebody using a DDT as a tradi- as a transitional move or a cutter or a um, or you know this Canadian destroyer as long as it's not overdone to the point of uh, that it is because it's always been a finisher is a finisher for the wrestler for two reasons number one he knows the right time to hit it number two he's perfected that move so seeing Jake Roberts do a DDT, you knew that was the finish because he knew the timing. He had the, that was his, you know, he had perfected it. Where if somebody else did a DDT, it was okay if they kicked out. So I don't mind somebody else's finisher unless it's just this devastating, you know, like uh, what's the big one? Not, like you can't pin anybody with a power bomb anymore. I even Kevin Owens' finisher with the pop up power bomb looks so disappointing because nobody gets pinned with a power bomb. Nobody gets pinned with a last ride anymore. Nobody gets pinned with a Batista bomb anymore. You know, it's so when it gets to that point, then I don't want to see it, but I don't mind where somebody's finisher is performed by another, another person. And because he doesn't know the, the psychology of when the move should be made or the perfect way to put it on, I don't mind somebody else kicking out of his move. So that be, I, I agree. What, I agree with that to a point. But when you're talking about the Canadian destroyer, it looks right. like he legitimately kills somebody. Yep. Then, then I, then I, then I. And that's, know, that's where you lose me. And that's what what I'm saying is like a move like that where now it's and it's done so much. Like if Petey Williams were to come out and try to do a Canadian destroyer and win a match right now, nobody'd believe it because everybody does it. Uh, it's the same thing with the package pile driver, the gotch, gotch style pile driver. Everybody does it anymore. So when Minoru Suzuki hits it, it's like, well, whatever. But the way that it used to be was that that was the psychology. That was the reason why that guy could take a single leg drop or an elbow drop off the top rope or a double axe handle or, or a full Nelson, for Christ's sake, and make it into a finishing move is because he had the, the psychology of knowing when to do it and he had perfected it so he had it he had the perfect version of it you know that's the way a finisher always was for me it was never the flashiest thing it was never the most devastating thing it was just that that guy knew the proper time to do it now that being said the cutter by jay lethal being used as a transition move annoys the holy hell out of me since the cutter is his finisher <laughs> so i'm just saying no, a springboard cutter to get to, in order to stop his momentum before hitting the cutter is his finisher. 
Oh, okay, okay. So, you know, the cutter out of nowhere, the, the 14 different cutters he does, the one that he does off the second rope, you know, off the, in the turnbuckle, none of those matter. But the one where he does a handstand before, that's the most devastating one. Well, right, because you have to stop your, moment, your momentum in order to get, a, to get a more powerful move, don't you know? Ah, I understand. I understand now. I get it now. <laughs> we're, such, we're such assholes. Oh, it's just – but, yeah, so, I mean, there's that. There's that about finishing moves. I do and I don't – I do and I don't like them. I think if they were better told in stories, I'd like them a lot more when they're being used by other people. Yeah. But – you know, that's, that's, that's that. Okay. Anyway, uh, did you have any we got, thoughts? We got, we, got just, we got just a little bit off track there. Yeah, did uh, you have any thoughts on actual Battle Riot? Um, well, I do, but did you, want to talk about, did you want to talk about Intimidation Games first? Yeah, we can. Because we, we can talk about that. And, and, and I, just, I, just, I, I don't want to forget this, so I'm going to say it now. This is the second year in a row where there's a Battle Riot uh, – Participant that was never technically eliminated. Was well, there? Last year was Teddy Hart. He went well, no, I, I, no, I remember that. Yeah, who, who was it this year? Jacob Fatu. He never got thrown over the top rope. That's true. He didn't. They just they just kicked him out. And it was a no disqualification match. So why was he kicked out? Um, good question. I think that I think this needs to be a running theme with them for every battle riot. They need to have that one guy that doesn't get eliminated, but they make it, us believe that he just got eliminated somehow. <laughs> we, like, we had Teddy Hart last year, we had Jacob Fatu, and then in like six years or something, we'll have a battle riot of just the people that didn't get eliminated. My computer's not paying attention. It's not, uh, I'm just, I'm not paying attention. My, my computer's not being very uh, uh, helpful right now. Mm. Understandable. I mean, but intimidation games. What, what I wanted to talk about is how great that cage match was between Loki and and Lawler. Um, however, I felt like it was a it was it was a, it was a great match that should not have involved Tom Lawler. Now, now the reason I say that is because the entire point of having a cage fighter in a steel cage is that he wants to be in that cage and beat the hell out of his opponent, right? And instead. You know they um, they did that whole thing with the whole WWE style thing where you're, where you're trying to escape the cage, and Lawler had the option of just beating Loki, but he decided to try to climb over the top rope for really no reason. That's out, to me was outside of his character, which set up you know that great um, that great sequence on the cage, which I thought was amazing. I just felt like it should not have been Tom Lawler in that position because simply because of that reason that I felt like he would, he's a guy that would not want to do that. He'd want to just beat the shit out of his opponent, especially low key and then choke him out to win it. Well, you and I've talked about this before. I think that the whole over the escape, the cage needs to be gotten rid of. The point of the cage was to, is to keep everybody, your opponent in there to get him one-on-one to keep outside interference from happening. So the escape, the cage is just it, first of all, it's they overdo the going for the the top, going for the over the top. They, I can't tell you how many times I've seen them overdo the, um, the timing thing where one guy's coming down one side and the other guy's coming down the other side. It's like for just from now on, if you're going to do a um, a cage match, it needs to be either submission or pinfall. 
Well, yeah, I completely agree with that. But that's not, but what I'm saying is, is even within the confines of having the escape the cage, it did not make any sense that Tom Lawler would be the guy to choose to do that. Right. Yeah, exactly. I do agree with that because it, it seemed like the whole reason he wanted the cage was to get Loki away from, uh, um, I can't think of Selena Del Rio's promotion, but um, to keep all the rest of those guys out of it. And like right. you said, the first thing he tried to do was just escape the cage. It just didn't fit the character, didn't fit the story, didn't fit really anything. Right. So I mean, like, well, I thought it was a great match, and I thought, and I, and I really did enjoy that battle on the, on the cage. I just felt like it was the wrong guy doing it. Um. So, but but I, I did I did like enjoy the, I don't know. It, it was weird because I I enjoyed the match. I just didn't like <laughs> that it was Tom Waller doing it. Does that make any sense at all? Are you there? Yes, I'm here. I hit mute when I was trying not to hit mute. But, but, anyway. but do you get what I – did it make oh, sense yeah. what I was saying? Yeah, absolutely. That, I mean, that makes perfect sense. And it, um, the other part about that match that I really loved and have liked going forward is the debut of Contra Unit. Right. Contra Unit has been awesome. Um, you know, they're, they're another, like, throwback, but at the same time they're doing, like – like crazy shit, and they're they just feel like they're they feel they're another thing that makes that makes the organization like you had talked about how Tom Lawler makes the organization feel real. Right. So does Contra Unit. I mean, they 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 make it feel like anything could happen at, at any time, and nobody's safe. Yeah, and I and I like the fact that they're not they're doing what the NWO did, you know, years ago. They're coming in, they want to destroy the company from the inside out. They don't care about matches. They don't care about winning matches or, or wrestling matches. They just want to destroy. And, and, he, and it, is, it even goes farther than that because we also have the crowd acting the same way that they did with the NWO, if not right. worse, you know, where, where they're getting riled up to the point where they're just throwing everything they can at those guys trying to get them the hell out of there. Well, and Jacob Fatu is just a, a sickening beast. That, he is so athletic. And then Simon Gotch, I, I still can't get used to seeing him without his mustache, but um, he's got he's got a in-ring aura about him too that it's hard to match. I don't know much about this other guy yet, though. No, I don't either. Which is why, and I thought that was really weird when they called him the leader the leader of the team. Yeah, I, that, I, I did. I didn't realize he was the leader. I didn't either. That was just kind of thrown out there. Um, but that Jacob Fatu is just he's he's a frightening individual. Yeah, I, I really enjoy watching him watching him perform. Yeah, I think me too. I think I think he's awesome. But it, it, you know the fact that he didn't get eliminated, I'm telling you. Yeah, I don't got, think he cares. They got a built-in storyline going forward, though. Well, they do if he if he actually cared about titles, like but like you just said, they really don't care. Yeah, that's well. No, I'm talking about with uh, just the battle riot people not getting eliminated. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Other than and, that, and, and, and then and then of course you know it also sets up like, um, you know how, how like you know one guy one guy won the battle royal and and yet you know he's he's gonna he's probably kind of on the. Uh, I mean, for one thing, you know he doesn't want to announce when he's going to challenge for the championship yet because of who he's represented by. But on the other mm-hmm. hand. We also have another, you know, another built-in story where the champion has other challengers out there and other things to focus his attention on than who his top challenger is. 
Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I don't want to gloss over the rest of the Intimidation game, but I don't like who won the match. Um, but you the mean uh, you mean Battle Riot too? Yeah, I don't like that at all. I mean, the rest of Intimidation games, I, I thought that Fatal Five Way, that Five Way Ladder Match, whatever it was, um, that Teddy Hart ended up winning, I thought was incredible. I, I still don't understand how people can walk in and in their debut matches get a title shot. I've never understood that about any promotion. Wait, the five-way the five-way ladder match was last year. That wasn't at Battle Riot too. No, not at Battle Riot. It was at Intimidation Games. When Teddy Hart won the title. No, that wasn't at Intimidation Games. That was. Wasn't it? No, that was like in December or something. Intimidation Games. The only other match on their show, I think, was uh, um, Lucha Brothers against a couple. Couple guys in AAA. It's possible. Remember, I watched them all back to back in a, about a span of a month, so <laughs> I could be just getting things crossed up. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, I guess Battle Riot. What else was on Battle Riot? There was the Battle Riot match, which was confusing to me at times. Um, the other match down there. There was a couple other matches. There, there was, was that the, hardcore uh, match with Havoc and Lawler. Right. Um, I didn't pull up that card yet. So hang on a second. So I'm trying to remember what else was on there, too, because it's been a couple... You know, we were planning on talking about it last week, and now it's been a couple of weeks since I saw it, so it's not exactly you know, fresh in my mind anymore. Oh, there was the um, Teddy Hart match at the beginning of the night. I guess MJF, right? Yeah. No, it wasn't MJF. Uh, remember, Dynasty was on the um, sitting ringside, and they hit him with the champagne bottle. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, so it was against that. Uh, the fuck is that guy's name? Was it Ace? Ace Austin. Ace Austin. That's who it was. Yep. Who, by the way, I'm starting to really like. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that's what it was. It was uh, him and Ace Austin. Which yeah. was a decent, which was a really decent match. There was um, Minoru Tanaka and Myron Reed that was on there that, that started it. Oh, that's right, there was, wasn't there? And Myron Reed, I, I'm I, starting I to like a lot too. I, I don't know what to think of that guy. I really don't. I, I like him a lot. So I mean, outside of the Battle Riot, there really wasn't much. I mean, there was, I like I like Austin Ace Austin. I like Myron Reed. I thought the Teddy Hart Ace Austin match was good but I felt like it was more there just to progress the dynasty storyline. Yeah, probably. I, I, I really like the world title match too, personally. I did, but I'm, I'm it, Jimmy Havoc's a guy like Jericho. I want to see him in an actual wrestling match. Now I've seen yeah, him do the hardcore stuff. Good luck with that. I've seen him with uh, pizza cutters and paper clips or, you know, and, and paper cuts and all this stuff. Um, but I want to see him in an actual wrestling match now. Yeah, that's a fair point, but I I just don't think that's the kind of match he he really does. You know? No, I don't think he ever will either. I think it's just too much like Raven. That's all we're gonna get is Raven's rules matches with Jimmy Havoc. What about Raven? What? What about Raven? That uh, Jimmy Havoc and Raven. I mean, when was the last time? When did Raven ever have a regular wrestling match? Dude, you totally, you totally missed the point. Oh. No. What no. about Raven? What about me? What about Raven? Wow, I uh, I need sleep. <laughs> How could I miss that? I I don't know. I, I was I was I tried to sneak it in there and it, it kind of worked on you on you I suppose. Yeah, it must um, have. 
Yeah, you know, you, you had said before you, you didn't really like Battle Royale much this year, and I thought it was really good. I, I thought it was actually better structured than the year before. See, and I, I, th- and I thought that uh, I thought I thought, G, I thought MJF's story in there was excellent as well. Yeah, know? that's what I was going to say. One of the high points was MJF's story, um, the way that he just his whole story arc throughout the entire match, being the first guy out there. Um, I didn't like the fact that there was some a lot of confusion where the um like let's say uh LAX when LAX appeared why did all three members of LAX get in you did all um, and then because. why wasn't that considered you know entry 10 11 and 12 because you know, that that was one thing that just kind of confused <laughs> me the the one thing that I did notice too is that this year they finally used weapons where last year nobody had any weapons I remember um, saying that I remember saying that to you about last year's. That was one of the disappointing things. It was supposed to be, a, you know, you can bring your own weapons, and nobody brought one, including Sammy Callahan didn't bring one. I thought Sammy Callahan did bring one in last year. Not last year. Not one person brought a weapon in last year. Oh, weird. Okay. And this year we had L.A. Park, Park with the chair. We had, uh, you know, Mace with his 2 um, Texas toothpick, as Cornette called it. Uh, and you know, we had the bat with Callahan, and you know, so people brought in and the gas can, of course, a contra unit. Right. So I that, mean, people... that was that was that's another thing that, that you know that I'm talking about, like with the realism. I mean, that that was legitimately scary. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they had that they had that match or they had that lighter lit three or four times with guys covered in gasoline sitting two feet from them. Right, and it's not like we and and, it's, and I realize that we haven't necessarily seen seen people get actually lit on fire before, but we have seen um, guys that you know like go through flaming tails and, and get caught on fire and stuff. So I mean, it's it's not and and plus I mean we saw, although I'm sure it was gimmicked. I mean we did we saw not too long ago low key you know shanking people, and we right. saw you know we've seen country unit just destroy people and leave them bloody and battered. So I mean it it was legitimately scary like what seeing what they were, how far they were actually going to go on that show, in that episode. Yeah, that was one of those things. And how many oopsies could have happened when he's lighting that lighter? Right. That close to those gas fumes. It just maybe it wasn't gas, I guess I don't know, but I was just, I was going to say I mean it could, it could have just it could have easily been just water or something. And nobody would have noticed. Well, well the, nobody separated the crowd, but yeah, I mean and, right. No one was and the crowd would have been the crowd would have been so caught up in the moment they wouldn't have understood that they didn't smell gas fumes. <laughs> and uh, you know, you mentioned you mentioned Mance Warner, and I and I told you before how much I'm really enjoying that guy. But I I really like the dynamic that's developing between him and Sammy Callahan. Yeah, I do too. The shows too. I do too. You know it's I mean? a, did you watch his match against Callahan? I did. Yeah, I'm I, I I'm starting to like them a lot. I think those two are going to be a good team together. It's weird though, because I don't know what to think of Sammy Callahan. Is he turning face? I don't know. I mean, I I it's I'm. Sort of, I'm, I'm I'm probably fine with both those guys just being, you know, tweeners. Tweeners, right? You know, but it, it that's, what, feels... that's what Mance really, really is, in my opinion. I the only thing I don't like about Mance is his whole knee pad up, knee pad down gimmick. I love that. What's I the point it. of pulling your knee pad up when you haven't had it up the whole match? What was the point? What's the point of Kurt Angle pulling his straps up just to pull them back down? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> Although when he lays his matches out on the whiteboard, and then Sammy laid his match out on the whiteboard, the Warner versus the Draw, the Southern Psycho versus the Draw equals ratings. Yeah, I love that. I re- I really loved it because it it was another um, 
it wasn't just that he was, you know, he was kind of, you know, playing along with Mance. It was more to me that it was Sammy showing a bit of his character development where he did, where he was going to have a match against somebody, not because he hated him, not because he had a personal issue with him. But because he respected him more than but because he respected him and he, and he was, and he wanted to see how tough he was. And also because he wanted the ratings, you know, it was, it was a really cool segment. I thought. Yeah. I, I, I've liked, I've, I've been liking the Sammy Callahan since he's come back a lot. And I, and Mance Warner, there's just that one little bit like his Bud Light is, uh, you know, I, I kind of like that because that's a whole play on Steve Austin. His, uh, but Steve was a Coors guy, wasn't he? Uh, I don't know. He Steve Yeah, so maybe it was a Bud. Cause he did Budweisers, and the fact that Mance is doing Bud Lights. Some kinda, yeah, some, some shitty domestic beer anyway. It kind of it just makes me laugh. It just makes me laugh. But the yeah. the only thing I, that bugs me is that knee knee pad up, knee pad down. I like it. Uh, that just bugs me. But he is he is a fun guy. He's a fun character. He's and I like the dynamic between those two. I like to see where it goes going forward. Now, what do you think about L.A. Park actually winning the battle riot? Um, I like it. I, I like it because he's a legend. Um, we didn't get to see it. we we were robbed for a second time in two years of seeing him have his back his big match against Roosh. Um, you know, first one in, one time in CMLL and then one time in. Uh, MLW, but you know, I I I like it because it continues the storyline of um, what the fuck is promotionless De La yeah. Renta. Yeah, promotionless De La Renta taking on Tom Lawler while also letting you know low key step a little bit out of that out of that spot. Right. And and also I feel like it's I feel like it's also setting up war games. You know, I mean, I feel like we're gonna get something like Lawler. Um, Callahan. Um, well, Lawler uh, didn't. Lawler did mention in that press conference that he's got he's sick of the gang warfare with um, Contra Unit, yeah. and he's got two guys that are coming to level the playing field. I, yeah, that's right. He did say that, didn't he? So I think War Games is going to be between Contra Unit and Team Filthy. But that's only that's only three against three. We, you know, I, I think it's got to be four against four or five against five for War Games, right? Oh, they got plenty of time to get p- other people involved. They do. That's true. You know, but but I, but it could be Contra Unit and like L.A. Park and and El Hijo de Park or something against, you know, Lawler. You know, Lawler, his two guys, Callahan and Mance too. Yeah, and and that would be fun. I think so. At, at least it wouldn't be just some really big fat guy rolling over a bunch of people with uh, barbed wire to end the match. Um, you know how you mentioned um, how weird it is to see. Um, um, Simon Gotcha without his mustache. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, Google what Josephus looks like without his beard and his I, long hair. Now, yeah, I saw it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it was a little bit scary. It's disturbing. <laughs> it's really weird. Um, Holy uh, crap! We're at eight twenty-four already. We are. Um, and you know, we're not going to really talk about Crockett Cub this week. Like, like I said, you you know, we you haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but. Um, I will say this. Um, I'm starting to get as down on the structure of the NW assholes is uh, as I am on uh, as I was on on Impact before. You know, at least on Impact, we get to watch their shows for you know for basically for free, or we have our GWNF we can watch their shows on. 
But did you see what um, the NWA did roughly like two weeks before um, the Crockett Cup? No, I didn't. They put the pop-up event from January on Fight TV for like ten bucks. Oh so here's come a, on! So here's a show that's like you know three like three months old already, and then you're gonna put and then you're gonna put it on Fight TV for for ten dollars um, as a taped event when we when all the results are already out there and people already know what happened and it's just a stale show. It's just. It's just it's just a money grab that really made no sense whatsoever. Does Corgan own NWA's video library, or is that all Vince? Um, because of the WCW purchase, so that one branch of NWA and uh, you know Mid South Wrestling, WCCW, all that stuff is owned by Vince now, and I, and not Corgan. I don't know how that works. But the reason why I'm saying is because this would be a perfect company to throw out a. Uh, streaming app because they've got you know how many wrestling or um, championship wrestling in Hollywood Arizona and how many other smaller independent promotions are there that make up this big NWA brand that they're running with uh-huh. it would make sense for them to have their own streaming service to get exposure to all these so then when they do have their pay-per-view to actually make money off of it Kind of like what Impact is doing with the GWN app. It would, except for, you know, I, I don't, like, like right now, you know, you're subscribed to WWE Network and we share that. You know, mm-hmm. I'm subscribed to GWN and we share that. We split the cost of, excuse me, we split the cost of um, Honor Club. Right. You know, they, I think we both have, have NJPW World still. Yeah. Um, and you know, I and I purchased the World Wrestling Network for like ten bucks a month, and we're sharing that. Right. Um, you know, so I mean, how many more rest, how many more streaming services can we afford to get? Oh, you know? none. I mean, there's. But to be honest, that's really the only way to watch it, unless they're going to put it on YouTube or all get together on the Fight app. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the other thing would be, I mean, how how far does this relationship with with Ring of Honor goes? Because if the relationship with Ring of Honor Continues and it gets it gets even bigger. Then maybe the, maybe they'll work out some kind of deal where the, where any NWA footers that he actually has the rights to, they'll just, they can put they can put up on Honor Club. Right. And was Crockett Cup on Honor Club? They can at least put it on the fucking TV show. Was Crockett, Crockett Cup? Yeah, w- yeah, it was. Okay, I have like I said, I've been so out of the loop this last week. I haven't even checked wrestling apps all week long. Yeah, it's on there. So. And, okay. and you know, I and you know, I mentioned this to you kind of this weekend, you know, about, about a show I watched on there. But I mean, I'm really glad I signed up for that for that wrestling network because it's got you know it's got all the Dragon Gate USA stuff from the past, which means we can go back and, and watch Johnny Moxley. Mm-hmm. Um, we can see the young we can see the young bucks when they were young. Um, you know, it's, it's got uh, you know it's, it's got Chima matches on there. Um, it's got uh, Shingo matches on there from when he was younger. Um, and, and of course, you know it's got all the evolved stuff on there. Um, so I mean, I'm, I'm really looking, and, and you know, I really want to see that evolved show from uh, Supercard Week when it was like where DB, uh, uh, not DB, um, Kyle O'Reilly was challenging for the Evolve Championship. You know, so hmm. I, mean, I really want to go back and watch some of, some of that stuff because Evolve, uh, and of course, Full Impact Pro because Evolve, Evolve, and Full Impact Pro are both booked by the guy that used to book uh, both Ring, they used to book Ring of Honor before you know he was fired. So, huh. 
I ha- I haven't even gotten because I haven't been able to download that one on my phone yet, so I haven't been able to watch it. Well, there, yeah, there is no app on your phone. You have to, you just have to watch it on the site on your phone, but you can also watch it on your Fire Stick too. You're gonna have to send me the link again because I um, had to get a new phone and everything's gone. Or you can just look up World Wrestling Network. How fucking tough! Oh, is it? that's just too much work. <laughs> you go, you go, you go, go the shit out of that some bitch. So, <laughs> all right. Yeah, so, the, I, it's sure, definitely sure. it's something I want to watch. I wish I could have kept Rev Pro, but their app, the sound quality on their app was so so bad that I just I couldn't justify keeping it when I couldn't hear anything. All right, so you know we're we're at two hours, so we're we're just about at the time we usually cut off. But we did not talk anything really about um, our Monday Night War coverage or any or any weeks coverage. I nope. I haven't the Monday Night War. I've been. Um, you know, with the week I have my kid, it's impossible to watch anything. Then my week off from my kid this year, or this time I was on vacation, so I haven't watched any of the Monday night stuff um, since our last last okay. one. Okay, okay, fair enough. I, I'm actually I've actually <clears> watched uh, the next two weeks. So, so the next thing I have to watch is actually, believe it or not, a pay per view. Um, oh wow! Oh, um, Great American Bash from '96. Yeah, I, I'm actually looking forward to that one. That's one pay-per-view because I really, really want to see that Sullivan-Benoit match. Yeah, and, and, you know, I, that's, and speaking of Benoit, I mean, <laughs> uh, are we going to do that thing that we talked about doing for May 8th? Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out Twitch. Um, okay. once, once I get Twitch figured out, I don't know. I mean, I still want to do it regardless, so we'll have to uh, pick apart a couple of matches we want to watch. Um, to talk about and just our basic knowledge on him, I think we can fill two hours. Yeah, so, so how many matches do we want to pick each? Each pick? Yeah. Four. Four matches each. Okay. I I think if we do four matches and maybe two moments, because there's there's a couple of different promos that he did, especially when he was part of the Radicals, mm-hmm. that kind of stand out. Okay. In different in different moments, like him, them appearing on on Nitro, I thought was a standout moment. And yeah, it includes three other guys, but it was still a standout moment for Benoit because he went head to head with Triple H that night. He did, and that was an awesome match. Yeah, and that right. and that was so. I mean, we'll I mean we'll talk about it more probably tomorrow. But all right, so guys, so guys, what we're talking about here is is Jeff and I are planning on on kind of a. Uh, I'm calling it like a like a desert island show. We haven't really thought of a name of it yet, but basically what this is is we're going to pick a certain number of matches for each guy. Um, probably do this on a on a biweekly basis on Twitch, um, where we have a, we're going to do like a, a, a show where we're going to actually be you know video on video where we're going to be talking to each other kind of a split screen on Twitch, and we're going to to discuss a either retired or nearly retired wrestler's career. Um, and the best matches and segments from that career, and then also uh, kind of discuss you know, how their career went. And, and we chose to start with um, a guy Chris that I feel like, I guy, I guy that I feel like should still should be in WWE Hall of Fame because it's really a museum and not like a, a propaganda thing. Um, and that's Chris Benoit. Yeah, and I I mean I understand what happened to him at the end of his life, but that should people should be able to separate life from character. They should. Um, you know, and and, and one thing. Go ahead, I'm sorry. And that's, you know, we're not looking at Chris Benoit and Chris Benoit's life outside of the ring or what happened with him and, you know, personal level with Kevin Sullivan and, and Nancy and all that. We're looking at Chris Benoit, the in-ring performer from the time of his, you know, from his start in ECW all the way through his run in WWE. Right. And, and, 
and the one thing that that I you know that we talked about doing that that just fascinates me, but it's going to take us a long time, I think, to to decide what matches we're going to cover, what segments we're going to cover from it, is going to be kind of a, a probably a, a multi-part series where we're discussing the original Three Musketeers of NJPW versus the newer Three Musketeers of, NJ, of NJPW. Yeah, so that, that I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to a Chris Jericho one. I think that might be a two-parter as well. Yeah. Just and, because and, there's and, and course, so much of his career. Yeah, and of course Steve Austin too. So. Yeah, I don't know if Steve Austin will be a two-parter because really, he, yeah, he had his Hollywood Blondes, Dangerous Alliance portion in WCW, but the majority of his greatness came in a three-year span. I disagree. I, 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 I still like his stuff in WCW better than his stuff in WWF. Oh, yeah, I do too. I mean, but if you think about it, 93 is about when he really made noise, started making noise. And by 2000, it pretty much no, it was it was over. Once the Attitude Era ended, so did so did really Steve Austin's run. I, I mean, he was still at the top. He still won championships. He still was a focal part. But once he left for that that neck surgery and missed that year because of, um, I can't remember who was it Rikishi that supposedly ran him over. Yeah. You know that that to me that was the he end did it for the Rock. Yeah. To me, that was really the end of Austin. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and then we also have coming up this weekend, I, I'm not sure if you know this or not, Jeff, but we also have Wrestling Don Taku coming up this weekend. Yeah, I saw that. I saw some previews for it, so I'm going to have to binge watch that too. And, I, and, and, I'm, uh, and, and one thing I also wanted to mention is, is that I'm, I'm very worried for Sonata. Because this, okay. is going to be, this is going to be his fourth shot against Okada for the championship. And 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 it's to the point where he's now becoming. If he loses this match, then he's basically the new Goto. Oh man, that makes me sad. I know. Me too. All right. As far as social media stuff, I don't really have much. I, I I've got some things in the work. We talked a little bit about the Patreon. I, I'm I buried in emails, so I don't really have because I took that week off. So I haven't really gotten anything to see if any of those smaller promotions. What I and what my thought was to um, put together a membership package with some uh, smaller independent wrestling promotions. Um, you know, like if they've got keychains or stickers or something like that, just something unique that you're not going to get. Like who's going to get a championship uh, Hollywood, you know, or Arizona championship wrestling sticker for being a member. So that was one of the things about the uh, Patron thing that I thought we could do. And I'm still working on that. Um, We're also, I'm working on figuring out how to set up Twitch so that we can do the, not the desert Island series that we're talking about. Um, I also were, thinking about some other things, other options that are out there, but, you know, stick on our um, social media pages, uh, Twitter at Regi Co-op at Zanman LOP, also hashtag Kingdom of Honor uh, to follow that stuff. Follow us on Facebook, just search Kingdom of Honor. It's a skull with a crown uh, in front of a wrestling ring. Um, also my blog, uh, which you can get to the links on both, um, both Twitter and on wrestle uh, on Facebook my blog has I'm breaking down all the NW uh, all the Monday night shows Monday night war shows from that era including ECW I'm also posting links to all of our shows there too so if you want to be able to go back and review some of the stupid things Shane has said over the last you know six eight months feel free to do that (laughs) (laughs) 
And then, you know, and then, like I said, we've got some other things in the works. We've got, uh, you know, I've got some other things with like the Patron site, which I'll, I'm hoping to have done this week. Twitch, I, I'm hoping to have figured out. I've also got the YouTube channel um, that I'm hoping to debut this week. Yeah, we, we, uh, we're not planning on Kingdom of Honor going anywhere. So we're, we're planning on this being uh, bigger and better than ever. Yeah, and, and I mean, we're going to figure it out. The channel might, uh, I, I don't know, is that public knowledge yet? No. Okay, it's being, so it's still being worked out. Okay, so regard regardless, you know, we're going to become more than a podcast here soon, and we want we want this to be as interactive as possible. So we want to interact with you guys. We want to hear your thoughts, hear your uh, suggestions, and so on. Those are the places to go now, and there's more coming. Absolutely, and uh, stay tuned to uh, to LOP Radio for all your fan driven wrestling needs. Uh, tomorrow we have. The Global Revolution and One Nation Radio. On Wednesday, we have Sports Entertainment is Dead. On Thursday, the Perfect Ten Wrestling Podcast. On Friday, the Right Side of the Pond. On Saturday, another one of the greatest uh, podcasts out there, all, all about all elite wrestling. And on Sunday, the Doc Says. And then we'll be back with you next week to talk about uh, Wrestling Dontaku and uh, if Jeff gets a chance to get caught up on it, the Crockett Cup. Um, that's all we've got. We'll try to do better next time. And until then, this is Shane saying long days, pleasant nights, along with Jeff saying goodbye.